As COVID-19 restrictions ease in New South Wales, things tighten up in Brisbane. The latest outbreak in Queensland causing ramifications for one of the game's biggest clubs. We bring you the latest as the Broncos flee to Sydney ahead of their showdown with the Storm. Is it time for the NRL to introduce an 18th man following a horror weekend on the injury front in round three? Plus, we cross line for Steve Renoff to talk all things Queensland Rugby League as Jason Taumalolo declares he wants to be in the world. Hello and welcome to Inside the NRL. Yes, plenty coming your way on this afternoon's show. We've got another hard-hitting edition of Hit or Miss, plus we've got some giveaways coming your way. I'm Zach Bailey, joined by Jamie Soud, 2010 Premiership winner. I say it every week. And uh, Michael Chamis, uh, journalist for Channel 9. Thanks, mate. These days, a little wink there. Breaking well. news okay, on yeah, Friday yeah. night, which was uh, big news around the Tigers. We'll get to that a little bit later on. And, of course, uh, you write for the Sydney Morning Herald. What better way to start the show than uh, my favourite segment, uh, what left you, you with egg on your face? Ah. <laughs> I like what you've done It's actually an improvement for him. I like oh. what you've done there. You didn't know that was coming. But what left you with egg on your face after round three? I would say the halves combination of Dewey and Brooks for the Tigers. I'm a little bit sceptical still. I still think there's a lot of improvement there, but they are a young combination. And that's a tough place to play up there at McDonald Jones Stadium. I just thought they took the game to the Newcastle Knights, and that's what they're going to have to do. As a combination, there's going to be days where Luke Brooks isn't going to have his best game. We've probably seen that in the opening two rounds, but I felt like Dewey supported the ball yesterday, and they got a big win on the road. What about you, Michael? I've gone with Roger Tuovasa-Shek. I honestly thought once he'd made his decision that he was going to play rugby next year that he might fade away this year and we won't see the best of Roger and he'll move on to rugby and his mind won't be there. But he was uh, sensational on the weekend against the Raiders. And this effort here to save the game in the dying seconds, unbelievable. If you want an indication of where Roger is at in terms of his mentality this year, that was the example you want to see. You'll be showing all the, the young blokes in the team that vision there and think, you know what? Our skipper's here for the year. He's not. Uh, he hasn't left us mentally yet. No, it was Superman effort. He was in full flight there. Great effort. Uh, wasn't the only try saver in that match. What left me with egg on my face? Bunty Afoa. Look him in, in the background there. I thought for all money, either Rapina or Klukstar would score. We saw Josh Papali'i do it last year, but that's a huge effort. And Viliami Kikau. What about that try saver as well? Though all weekend we saw. Great, great tricep. Yeah, I'm not sold on the Viliami kick-out one. He got hit and was motionless and then got up back from the dead and came across with a tri-saver. Um, Charlie so, Staines deserves a wrap there. Yeah, I think uh, he does as well. But um, probably, the, I think the Bunty Afoa one's better than Papali'i from last year, the ankle tap. Really? Yeah. I know, it's a, I know he chased him down, but to put himself in the frame there and come up with a tackle, that, and they end up going on to win the game, I think that's huge. OK, well, NRL trading cards, these bad boys are yes. back again for season 2021, and we're giving you a chance to win some right now. We want you to tell us what your greatest try-saving tackle of all time is in rugby league. You can let us know in the comments feed on our Facebook page. The best answers will get themselves one of those boxes of trading cards, as long as Sowie doesn't take them all home himself. You can also buy them at your local Ampire and Caltex uh, service stations as well as all good news agents and supermarkets. Any good ones there, guys? I got a Charlie Staines one. The Ferrari. Luke Kirig, gone. Don't need him anymore. <laughs> wow. Oh, this, that one, is... this is a good one. 
Zach Bailey, <laughs> the game. Oh, one of the greats. Uh, A grade stitch up. One of the oh, greats. Zach Bailey, <laughs> one of the greats. A grade stitch up. All right, we have to contain ourselves here because there is some serious news in rugby league at the moment. The Brisbane Broncos, uh, 50 of their players and staff have landed in Sydney due to the COVID-19 outbreak in Greater Brisbane. Of course, Brisbane will go into a three-day lockdown this afternoon. As, uh, as of right now, they're in Sydney. Of course, they have a game against the Melbourne Storm scheduled for Friday night at Amy Park. But Brisbane has been declared a red zone by the Victorian government, which means the NRL will need to get an exemption for the Broncos players and staff to enter the state. With that in mind, Michael, what does that mean for their match on Friday night? Well, at this stage, the NRL is going ahead as planned. The Storm will play Brisbane in Melbourne on Friday night. However, if they aren't given the exemption, they are required to get into the state, then you'll see a doubleheader on Friday, the Good Friday Clash, the Rooster, sorry, the Rabbits and the Bulldogs at ANZ, and then followed by that night later on, the Storm and the Broncos. So contingency plans are in place. However, at this stage, Amy Park, Brisbane, Storm. As it has been for 12 months, I guess this is a rapidly changing scenario. We might get hourly updates, we might get an update every day, but we might not know what until Thursday where this match might be played. Yeah, well, look, they're hoping to get an answer in the next 24 hours, but as we've seen with this situation, if things worsen, at this stage there's no other suggestion that there's going to be complications to the competition. will go on, they'll be in Sydney for a couple of weeks, and hopefully that game is as planned in Melbourne. Okay, so as it stands, the Broncos are on the road for how long? Yeah, well, two weeks for now. It, it might be, It might be more. Uh, depending on what happens up there. But at this stage, they'll play the next two games, I think potentially one in Melbourne and one back in Sydney before heading back home unless things worsen in Brisbane. Let's fingers crossed that yeah. doesn't get to it. So they've got the Rabbitohs on Thursday night in round five, uh, so they won't be going back to Queensland before that. Now, Sowie, straight after their game on the weekend against the Bulldogs, they went into lockdown in terms of their own home lockdown, but they've had to hit the road immediately, given how fast they've done this, given how they don't know how long they're going to be on the road for. What impact would this have on the players mentally? Well, it's still a young team, isn't it? And mm. we saw the other night they got a win against the Bulldogs side. It wasn't pretty, but they got the win. And they're on the road against four of the top teams in the competition the next month. So uh, they're going to have to be really strong and, and disciplined with what they do away from the game and how they stay mentally fresh. And I'm sure Kevy will be coming up, him and Alf will be coming up with plans for that. But it could be a long month. Like, if they're on the road or they have to be in Sydney for a month and they go 0-4, the season could get away from them very, very quickly. I, I think the opposite, see. I, I say a lot of stupid things on this show, but I think this is what they need. I, I really do. I think it galvanised Melbourne and to a degree it galvanised the Warriors last year. I think having that young group together for an extended period, I know what you're saying, they, if they go on forward it could be disastrous, but perhaps spending some time together and bonding and getting to know Kevin Walters, it could be what the Broncos need to, to kick-start their season and get back toward the, towards where everyone wants them to be. So... Yeah, I don't see this as a bad thing for the Broncos. And what does this mean for other Queensland teams moving forward? Well, at this stage, no issues. The, the, I think the Sharks are meant to play the Cowboys at Sunshine Coast this week. That'll go ahead as planned. And the Gold Coast Titans, there are no ramifications at this point for the Titans as planned players at home and, and training. All right, so that's the big news today. Of course, there were plenty of injuries in round three. It was a horror weekend. So let's check out the Chemist Warehouse Casualty Ward after the weekend's action. Dylan Edwards, Tom Eisenhuth, Ben Hunt, Luke Keary, Lachlan Lamb, Lindsay Collins, Joe Tarpany, Curtis Scott, Ryan James. Three Raiders, three Roosters. They were hard hit there. Sebastian Chris, the fourth Raider hit. Jeremy Marshall King, what a blow. Injury plague season already. He'll miss six to eight weeks with a broken foot. Mitch Moses, a head knock. Sione Katoa, Wade Graham, Britton McCora, 
Will Kennedy, Jacob Saifidi and Ruben Cotter. I don't know if I've ever seen an injury uh, list like that. As a result, RLPA boss Clint Newton has called for an 18th man to be introduced to the NRL. It will be a topic of discussion when the ARL Commission meets tomorrow. Michael, what's the latest ahead of that meeting? Yeah, there's no doubt pressure's building on the Commission and Peter Valandis to, to, to make a movie to protect the players, to look after their welfare. All sorts of debate about whether the 18th man solves anything and whether it creates an opportunity there for, for teams and to coaches to exploit the rules. Now, tomorrow there is a meeting. It's more of a discussion planned at this stage. The NRL is in the process of forming a medical advisory committee, which... It, which will go a long way to determine what we do going forward. Now, that committee is in the final stages of being put together, so I don't think we're going to have an answer immediately tomorrow. We're probably going to wait for the committee to be formed and then change things up if we do in the next few weeks to a month. So there's no doubt, though, the pressure is mounting on Peter Volandis and the Commission to take a stand and, and, and look after players because the RLPA believe that you know, the head knocks are getting to a point now where we need an 18th man. Well, that man, Peter Volandi, said he wants to see hard data before uh, th there's a, a link, I guess, uh, between the new rules and the spate of injuries. Elite uh, competitions head for the NRL. Graham Annesley was asked that earlier today. Well, we just need to deal with the facts. You know, we need to deal with the data. I mean, yeah, we had a, we had a weekend with some high-profile injuries um, and... Um, we need to look at that, though, in the context of what's been happening across the whole season and how that compares with previous seasons. Because the one thing that we do know with absolute certainty is that we have injuries every year. <coughs> and we will have injuries every year. Uh, and those injuries will have peaks and troughs throughout the course of the season. Yeah, so that was the head of elite competitions for the NRL. I don't know what I said leading into that. But, Sowie, do you agree? Is it too early to make a call as to whether all these injuries are as a result of those new rules? Um, I think you probably need a little bit more data. But in terms of the 18th man, that needs to come in this weekend because we're seeing head knocks. I called the game on Saturday night between uh, Cronulla and Parramatta and it was really brave of Cronulla to go out there with 13 guys. But three head knocks, you know, this is where you can be uh, leading here and get an 18th man in. I know New South Wales Rugby League have a, an 18th man come in there uh, for their side. So it, it, I heard Chamas say that the teams are going to rot it. There's no way someone would fake a concussion test and then fail a concussion test I, to get another player in. So the NRL are just looking at it as a, an 18th man for all injuries. No, I but, would but have that, but the 18th man is, that just is... for the head knocks. I'll take it one step further. Just for the head knocks because the game's been the same way for a long time. Injuries happen and... Some of, some of your um, best wins are when injuries happen. But head knocks is a totally different thing. You've got three people watching for it. You've got the NRL making a decision on when the guy has to come off for the, for the head knock as well. Yeah, I agree. Head knocks, it should be for head knocks and it should be only for foul play as well. Head, head, head injuries yeah. from foul play and that will take that away the element of away. exploitation. All right, some of the game's biggest names have also weighed into the 18th man debate today. I think it's a, a good idea in terms of, um, you know, if there's foul play... Um, you know, and, and they lose a player, but I, I think there's got to be rules and everything like that and protocols that you, you have to follow. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I still think that some teams can, you know, have to face a bit of adversity as well. I mean, it is, it is happening a lot. I mean, there's concussions or injuries. I mean, it would, it would be uh, pretty handy, I guess. <laughs> it would be handy for us on the weekend, but, um, yeah, it's hard to know if, it's, if it would work, but I'm, I'm open to it until why not. So, Michael, when do you think realistically we might see some a decision around this? 
I don't think it'll happen this week, Sowie. I know you want it to happen immediately. I, I think they're going to take some time, as Peter Valenti said. Look at the data, look at the numbers, work out what the committee thinks, get the experts from each field to work out what we do going forward because it's going to have significant ramifications on the game. You can't just rush into this. So I know you want something immediately, but I don't think you'll get it. All right, the Sydney Roosters, they were flying ahead of round three and their loss to their arch rivals, the Bunnies, is the least of their worries at the moment. They've lost Lachlan Lamb for about four to six weeks with an knee injury. The big one, though, Luke Keary is out for the year with a ruptured ACL and it's devastating news for both him and the club. Sowie is your red pen that you're holding right now Ooh. through the Roosters and their Premiership hopes. Uh, premiership seems a long way away for this Roosters side. I'd never count them out, but... You take away Luke Keary, for me, Jake Friend is, is the cement that holds it all together. He's service and work out a dummy half. And then just to, you know, to lose Keary as well off the back of that, plus you've got some young guys that you potentially want to bring in. You know, It's a lot easier to bring Sam Walker in if Keary's there. Uh, now no Lamb as well. So they're both their starting halves that they've trained all off-season are now out injured. Um, it's going to be a long way back. Their, their leaders uh, have gone down yeah, with injury, unfortunately. So you've said on this show earlier this year that you think Sam Walker will have more of an impact with the Roosters than Joseph Suwali from yes. what you've seen in New South Wales Cup. I said he'd be better than Joseph Suwali. So how, how, big, or how much tougher is his initiation in the NRL without oh. Luke Curie alongside him? He'll handle it. Um, probably the only question marks about his frame. He's going to get targeted early on, but that's that's fine. He'll they'll work out ways for him to to be in the defensive line. But his initiation now becomes a lot tougher than when he has a senior playmaker there, because most coaches will never ever throw two young halves together. They would love experienced half. You know, if, say if we're at the Dragons and you have Corey Norman and also Adam Clune, that sort of works together. Young guys, you could bring in Jaden Sullivan, that sort of mix. But it's hard just to throw Drew Hutchison there, who's sort of a makeshift half, back rower. Now he's going to have to control and get the team in the right direction and then have Sam Walker to worry about as well. So it's going to be tough. So, Jamis, do you think you'll see Trent Robinson roll out both Drew Hutchison and... Sam Walker in the halves, or what about James Tedesco starting at six? Yeah, I think they're more likely to go with Joseph Manu at six if they're going to experiment with the back line. I, I, I don't think we'll see Tedesco at six. I, I don't think that's nah. the play here. It's it'll be Manu at six, Suwali into the centres or wing. I don't know if they. I don't know. The Suwali thing is, the thing is, and Morris into the. The Roosters are currently trying to get an exemption for two of their New South Wales Cup players to be clear to play. They've only got 19 fit players at the moment. The likes of Billy Smith. Still out for yep. long term. So Verils, Verils, they don't Bradley. have a, they don't have a lot of depth, and it's it's crazy to think, in one week we've gone from Roosters top four premiership contenders really high up there to really struggling yeah, to field a team. Even I don't know if they I don't write them off. See, I know they've lost to the Q, which is a huge a huge blow, but they're going to make the finals, aren't they? We're, we're, regardless of who, you think they're not going to make the eight. Wow, they're they're around. They're going to be around that six to eight mark. Wow, it's a big call. I, I, I think. As long as they're in the finals, when it gets there, and, and most of those guys are back, could be Boyd Cordner back, could be Jake Friend back if he doesn't retire. If it's only Luke Curie they're, they're missing come finals time, I back them. You sat with Friend and Boyd Cordner back? Yeah, if, if everyone's back, I back them, yeah. All right, uh, got to move on. The Cowboys slumped their biggest defeat of the year last night against the Titans. The score, 44 points to eight. It resulted in one of their senior players blasting the playing group. We just have a soft underbelly at the moment. We just have no steel under, you know, under tough circumstances. We just fold and it's becoming embarrassing, mate. It is. And, um, you know, there's glimpses of some attacking footy there, but then you just undo it all with just poor, just poor effort. It's just it's frustrating, mate. It's so frustrating. And, um, you know, we've got to find something. It's been the same, the same, so same stuff for three years. 
Yeah, Josh McGuire there wasn't happy uh, uncovering some uncomfortable truths there about the Cowboys. We heard him say the same thing when Paul Green was on the way out last year. So is this a playing group issue or a coach issue? Well, that confirms it's a playing group issue if he's saying it's been happening for three years and you've changed coach. And probably the most alarming thing for me, Jamis, is Todd Payton last year rallied a bunch of guys who were living away from home out of the country by themselves to almost make the eight. Like, they were playing really, really good footy. And when he went to North Queensland, they were arguably the better prospect than the Warriors at the time when the Warriors were looking for a coach. So um, they bought in the Warriors, and to me, it looks like North Queensland haven't bought in, Jamis. Yeah, no, I agree. It's sort of validated what you said in terms of Todd Payton's input to the Warriors in the back half of the year. There's massive, massive problems with the Cowboys. I think we're on the verge of seeing a big clean-out of the club, roster-wise. Obviously, Michael Morgan's future looks like it's probably over. Uh, Scott Drinkwater's off contract, Valentine Holmes. He's on a million dollars for a long-term deal. And to be honest with you, I don't know if he makes it a fullback at any other club. So... He's struggling at the moment, Valentine Holmes. Who, who do they buy? Like you can, it's all right to say. Well, I need heart. New, Clifford's going to Newcastle. Okay, so who? Who's on the market that you can go out and buy? And there's a half. There's a lot of halves off of the market. There's uh, um, Sean Johnson. There's Adam Reynolds. There's Anthony, potentially Anthony Milford, Tom Dearden, Ash Taylor. They need to. And, and I, as I wrote in the Sydney Morning Herald, I think they're keeping an eye on Luke Brooks. There's a bit of talk that they might be circling for Luke Brooks if the Tigers are willing to part ways. Now, the Tigers obviously won yesterday. The pressure sort of eases a little bit, but. Luke Brooks needs to deliver. Fix their problem. That, well, fix their to be problem. fair, Michael Morgan hasn't had a you know from his his body's restricted him from having a good good game of football for three years now, and Clifford hasn't set the world on fire. And Scott Drinkwater, we don't know where he belongs. There's just so many pieces to that puzzle that don't fit, and I think we're on the verge of seeing a lot of pieces move on. When I sat down with Todd Payton in the preseason, he said that if you want to be a cowboy, there's two things we're driving: competing and being accountable. Well, they're two things that we haven't really seen so far this year. In the same interview, he said that Michael Morgan had only missed two or three training sessions in the whole preseason, and that was managing his load, and something catastrophic would have to go wrong for him not to be fit in round one. He, he played two games, and now his career could be over. Yeah. So he signed to 2023. What can they get out of him? Uh, I mean, ultimately, you'd want him to play, but you can't risk sending him back out if he's thinking about retirement and the shoulder's that much of a problem. You summed it up in your first quote there. It's competitiveness. Like, they have... I've watched them closely the last couple of weeks and they have given up on plays during the game. And they, then they do they score a try and then all of a sudden they concede 100 metres. Like, that's not an NRL, you know, game back and forth. So, um, yeah, there's, there's worrying signs out the Cowboys. All right, it's now time to bring in uh, one of the greatest Queenslanders to ever play our game, Steve Renoff, who is in Brisbane at the moment. Steve, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Hey, Zach. How are you, boys? How are you going? Well, well thanks. Uh, just on the Cowboys, from your perspective, what's the worrying sign you've seen so far this year? Yeah, look, I think Josh McGuire hit it on the head. You know, it's just that competitive that they uh, they lacking at the moment, being competitive. Um, it's just not the Cowboys that we're used to seeing. I'm not sure what's going on up there. We, uh, you know, thought with the change of coach, it, it might have helped a bit, but uh, they're just they're just lacking in a lot of areas. Mate, Steve, I just want to ask you about Brisbane. Uh, on the weekend, I know you're very close to Kevy, mate, and you've obviously very delighted mm. to see he's up there in the role that you thought he should have been in probably last time, but. Can you talk about the, the weight off the shoulders, mate, getting that first win? Because there were fears this streak, this losing streak, was going to go on a long time. 
Oh, yeah, look, there was always that fear. And look, I must admit, um, we knew it was coming. Uh, it, it had to be out of one of these, well, the second two games, to be honest, uh, Titans and, and Canterbury. But um, look, you know, the first half, everyone said it was you know, a bit frustrating, but I, I didn't find it that. I thought it was a lot of mistakes for both teams. And it, it probably looked a lot more frustrating than what it was. But the good thing for the Broncos, they held in there. And they showed in the second half what they have. And, look, they've shown that, obviously, against Parramatta. They've got great attack. But uh, they stowed a bit of steel, which I was very happy with. Yes, yeah, Steve, the Gold Coast Titans, a massive win over the Cowboys last night. How do you see their chances unfolding throughout the year? They've got the big-name recruits. They look like they're starting to learn to play together. And they're competing on every play. They look really good. Oh, they do, mate. And, uh, yeah, pretty impressed with them. Uh, I was down there early in the year, and there's a bit, a really good vibe around the club. And, you know, with the signings, obviously, you know, Tino and um, uh, Dave Fafita. Uh, look, they're, they're great across the park, to be honest. Um, you know, even Sammy had a great game last night, the, the centre there, and, and uh, Fogarty, and they just got a really good balance. Steve, uh, Jason Tamalolo has told the Courier Mail that he wants to be able to play for Queensland, your mighty Maroons, and he wants the commission <laughs> to change the eligibility rules to allow Tier 2 nation players, so players that play for Tonga and Samoa, to be allowed to play in the Origin Arena. You are one of the greatest Queenslanders of all time, as I said <laughs> off the top. How do you feel about this? Oh, look, you know, look, it, it's been done before. I, I'm a bit, bit torn, but look... I'll go with whatever decisions made, to be honest. But um, it would be great to see uh, JT, the you know JT two in the in the maroon jersey. Uh, so you know, it, look, that that's going to be a tough decision because that opens the gates. Um, you know, and that there'll be players you'll probably think um, that are currently in there. Uh, you know, possibly millions out on both sides. So it is. A, it, I think it's a tough one uh, for them to decide. Sowie, how do you feel about Jason Tamalolo <laughs> becoming a Maroon? No, thanks. Um, yeah, look, I think that if the commission, you know, if they open it up, it's, you know, Queensland getting another favour in terms... You've probably asked the wrong person. <laughs> I'm that was biased. Michael, is there any chance of this happening? Oh, look, I think the question you asked Steve earlier was the fact that there should be, should be players from the Tier 2 nations that are allowed to play. Now... I know he plays for Tonga at the moment, a Tier 2 nation, but the reality is he's played for New Zealand. And I think, unfortunately, that's going to cost Jason in this situation. And going forward, I agree, Tier 2 nations, we need to you know, boost the international game and get people playing for Tonga and Samoa and not you know, push them away from origin. But the problem for Jason is he's represented Queensland. I just don't see how they change those rules and allow people who represent New Zealand to play for Queensland or New South Wales. That's Almost maroon, the jacket you've got on. Yeah, I, I forgot we were interviewing the Pearl. Um, <laughs> I was oh, just I've too got similar, excited. I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pearl, just before we go, a quick one. I always wanted to know, why did you wear headgear and, and how did that come about? <laughs> Mate, um, that started when I was 14, to be honest. Um, I got knocked out playing in the juniors at the Mighty Murgan Mustangs and my mum gave me an option at the time. She said, you wear the headgear or, um, to be honest, she actually bought me a set of golf clubs after the, uh, that game I got knocked out. Um, I don't know whether they took the right option. <laughs> Steve, as always, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the NRL and our thoughts are with you and everyone in Greater Brisbane as you yeah. enter a three-day lockdown up there. No worries. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. He's one of the greats, the Pearls. Steve Renoff, uh, always kind enough to join us. All right, the West Tigers enjoyed their first win of season 2021 yesterday. Kept the Wolves at the door in terms of Luke Brooks and all of his critics. Michael, you broke the news about Jackson Hastings potentially coming back to the NRL on Friday night to join the West Tigers. Does that performance by Luke Brooks yesterday change the club's stance? 
No, well, their desire to get Jackson Hastings wasn't around solely Luke Brooks. They feel as though they need someone to cover nine, they need someone to cover maybe potentially fullback. You could play what they really thought is you could play the Connor Watson role and play a 13-type role in the new game in the modern era. They could He could evolve into that. Now, of course, it was also as a backup if Luke Brooks didn't work out because there were serious concerns those first two games. Luke Brooks was ordinary the first... Let's be fair to Income. He was ordinary the first two games. Bounced back yesterday. And I don't know if it it allays their concerns or not because that is the concern. He's so good when he needs... when he wants to be good or I don't think it's a lack of effort but it's just so inconsistent Sowie. I, I don't know who is going to get the best out of Luke Brooks and I think Gus hit the nail on the head perhaps Luke Brooks needs to leave the Tigers more than the Tigers need to leave Luke Brooks Huge call Yeah, um, Jack, I want Jackson Hastings back in the NRL I think that he's a fantastic player and he was probably a little bit young the first time around and now he can come back to a team. I don't know if he'd be able to come back and play 13. I think he'd be, if he came back to the NRL, he'd be looking for a 7 or 6 role. And, and as for Luke Brooks, I said at the opener, I was really happy for him because I know what it's like to be a half under pressure, not playing well, maybe trying too hard. I think maybe Michael Maguire stripped it back a bit this week and just said, just do the things that help get you into the NRL. You know, the, the little things, kick, chase, defence, do all that kind of stuff. And the rest of that will build off that. You saw his ball playing develop. You took Imanu, good try. So that's, that's the kind of stuff. If I was talking to Luke Brooks, I'd be saying, strip it right back. Let's just have a look what it looks like if we do some basics for a couple of weeks. All right, the critics are off their back for a week, but they'll need another win in round four. It's now time for Hit or Miss. All right, we're going to keep moving on. Uh, with their loss to the Tigers in mind, Adam O'Brien and the Knights had the same complacency issues as they did last year, Sowie. Hit. Yeah, Adam O'Brien would be absolutely filthy with the loss yesterday. 18 errors at home, big crowd, big occasion for Mitchell Pearce, and they come out and let that one slip. They're the kind of wins that come back to haunt you at the back end of the year because... Yeah, in, inside that dressing room, you know that that's how you played last year in some of the games that you should have won, and, and that's what costs you good position at the end of the year. I don't know if it's complacency. I'd say miss. I don't think it's complacency. I think there's a lot of young players in that team that can't get up week in, week out. And I don't think they go into that game thinking we're going to smash the Tigers or we'll be all right this week. I just generally think where they're at in their development, they're not going to be a... You don't South say it out loud, but you say it subconsciously. Well, just, maybe. You, I just, I, I just felt rolled like... through. You've had big wins. It, just, it didn't look Pong like, it looked like a couple of, couple of guys boys. had a few shock. It didn't look to me that they were complacent. Hopefully it happens this week. They play my Dragons. <laughs> so you say that, but like, say the Panthers last year, they were the second youngest team in the game. I know they had senior players there, but they across the board. The Knights have senior players. Yeah, exactly. And the Panthers yeah, but, um, finished they're, they're not in the stage of the Panthers, are they? The Panthers just... The Panthers last year look like they've been... And, they, and a lot of the players had played together for 10, 15 years. And I just think Newcastle is going to take some time to, work, to get to that consistent point where we look at them as a contender. All right, it was a fiery match between the arch rivals on Friday night. David Saluka Fafida should have been sent off for his punch on Gyro. Michael Chamis? Miss. I, I thought he got the treatment it deserved. Sinbin. He punched him in the back of the head. It was a maybe a little bit more than a love tap. It was, it was a hit to the head. Gyro milked it, no doubt. I thought, yeah, if it was a king hit, then send him off. But I, I felt like, you know what? That was a little cheap shot. You take 10 in the bin. And it was a pretty important 10 minutes. They scored either side of half-time South Sydney, and that was the difference in the game. So the, it was the right punishment. It rubbed, rubbed him out for 10 minutes, and it cost the Roosters dearly. Yeah, oh, probably the other way. I think he probably should have been sent off. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad look. 
Friday night primetime game, so much hype around those two teams and the rivalry and stuff like that, and then you have someone punching someone in the back of the head. Sowie. I was happy with the 10 minutes, but either way, I think that they're, yeah, that, that's not a good look for our game. And he says it's a love tap. That's coming from someone that's never played the game before. Oh, <laughs> that old, I've had a, old I've got a few hits in the head. It might not have been an NRL. You might get okay. one after the show. Hey, I'll, say, I'll tell you one thing about <laughs> Sowie, though. If he had been sent off, he'd be sitting here this week saying it should have been a sin bin. Probably. Okay, there are five teams in the competition with a zero in their win-loss record. We've got the Panthers and the Eels unbeaten. They're 3-0. And, of course, the Cowboys, Bulldogs and Sea Eagles, they're 0-3. So, Sowie, the Panthers will be the last team with a zero left in their record in season 2021. Miss, I've crunched the numbers here, Zach, and I haven't got the Bulldogs or the Seagulls winning a game in next month. Um, and I've got the Panthers and Eels yeah, uh, winning games. Mate, do you have a listening class? Did you hear the question? Yeah. The, the Panthers are going to be the last team with zero. You're talking about the teams at the bottom of the ladder. We're talking about the teams at the top, Sowie. Get into it. No, we're talking no, about both teams, mate. So listen to the question. Maybe I'm the one that's yeah. going off yeah. Michael and your caramel suits. <laughs> so I've got, end, I've got the Bulldogs and Seagulls both having zeros in the next month and Panthers and Eels having zeros. So I think there'll be four sides still. Over the next month? Yeah. Michael? Panthers will be the last side with a zero in their record. Okay, I get the question <laughs> I get the question. All right. Uh, great That's segue good. to our That's Temple good. Chump segment because Michael is now my chump of the week. So you're taking that uh, award home as you do quite regularly here. But my champ of the week has to be South Sydney hooker uh, Damien Cook. He's a legend on the field. He's a legend off it as well. After the Bunnies win against the Roosters, Cook gave his jersey to Noella uh, Sini, whose husband Michael passed away. Michael was a long, li- uh, lifelong Rabbitohs fan. And uh, it was just a, tu- a great moment. Great moment. And it's very, been celebrated well yeah. across social media all weekend. Very well done by Damien Cook. He's right. another nice guy. We've got another champ. He's a friend of the show. Uh, a, f- a friend of the show. I used to sit in this chair, actually. She started for the South Sydney Rabbitohs for the first time in the Harvey Norman uh, competition on the weekend. Katie Brown. And she scored her first try. Wow. Over the top. Down. Wow. She did what Justin Ollum couldn't do. Yes. What, she, she should have passed as well? Is that what you're trying no, to say? No, not at all. <laughs> right, anyway. Great put down, Katie. Well, well done. KB. So she's our champ and... We miss you. Wow. <laughs> Bring her back. Joining Michael in the chump category is also Katie, Katie Brown because of her grade three carry-on with her celebration. Now, I know it was her first try, but check this out. She gets up and it's like they've won the grand final. She's got the lasso and everything going on. <laughs> yeah, Old Town Road came out. Um, unfortunately for Katie, they actually lost that game. So By 40. <laughs> oh. I spoke to her and she said that she was trying to convince the touchy that it was a try. So she's put on the Hollywood act. Oh, she thought they were going out of the bunker, maybe. She thought, yep. <laughs> Realised I had no Well done, home. Katie. No, well Katie, done. congratulations <laughs> on your first try. Uh, we do miss you here at NRL.com. Uh, the guys on Tuesday don't miss me on NRL teams. They've got Neve Owens in the hot seat again tomorrow. It's going to be a massive show alongside Brett Kamali and Robbie Farah, given the injury list out of round three. They'll bring you all the latest team news for round four. As soon as the team list drop, they're on air at 3.55pm. The team lists are in at 4pm. All right, Michael, Jamie, love the fashion you've brought to the show today. We'll join you next Monday. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Everyone in Greater Brisbane, good luck over the next three days. And we hope you all enjoy the footy in round four. So here we go for the start of the new year. Enjoy it. Rugby league is back. You had your time on the top.
seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing. You ain't seen nothing yet.